Let's give it up for Bill and Lee. What a great story. Isn't that good? That was Nicole Price on the keyboard and Tiffany Rowe on the guitar, both of them singing awesome. Can we just give it up for Nicole and Tiffany? Um, these girls used to live in Fayetteville and go to a church called Northwood Temple. You ever heard of that church in Fayetteville? And we sent two of our young men to get them and bring them here to Goldsboro. Thank you, gentlemen. Pastor Andrew Price went and got Nicole and Chris just went and got Tiffany. And I served notice on Northwood. We are not finished. Oh, man. That was a great testimony, wasn't it? I just want to thank Bill personally for ruining my life. Um, he kissed his wife and sunlight came through their lips. <laughs> and now Millie is asking why that never happens with us. So thank you, Bill. I want to just uh, tell you guys about some stuff that's coming up. You know, it's Christmas. Y'all love Christmas. <laughs> I've got all my sizes online, and y'all can just go on there and <laughs> jot those down. And, uh, but um, we've got some uh, activities coming up. Next Saturday is a Christmas bazaar. And you all know that everything we do here is kind of bizarre. So come on out Saturday from 8 o'clock until 2, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. this coming Saturday. And there's just going to be all kind of stuff for you to buy and all kind of fun things going on, goodies and uh, all of that. So ladies and uh, guys as well, come on out and, uh, and take part in the bazaar this coming Saturday. Um, I want to mention, too, that on December 7th, we're having First Wednesday, and you know that on First Wednesday, that's a big celebration night for our church, and we will be receiving new owners. I actually had somebody who uh, was a little worried about that word, that we didn't say members anymore, that we said owners. Ooh. Well, here's the difference. Members have rights. Owners have responsibilities. Amen? And so we want you, when you become a member of our church, when you get your name on the roll, we want you to become an owner of the vision, an owner of what we're trying to accomplish, what God's called us to accomplish in this community. So we refer to our members as owners. And uh, uh, so we'll be receiving new owners into the church on December 7th. And we'll also be doing baptism. So if you've accepted Christ, but you have not uh, had water baptism, that public proclamation of your relationship with Jesus, your new walk with Jesus, then we would love to put you under on December the 7th. Now, let me just do a little word study here uh, as it relates to baptism. Um, we do immersion, but we don't do submersion. Immersion means we're going to put you under and bring you out. Submersion means we can put you under and maybe not bring you back out. So uh, be happy about immersion. Now, I will tell you that we hold you under the water until we uh, hear you say tithe, and then we pull you back up out of the water. 
December 7th, December 7th, water baptism and receiving new owners. Next weekend, next weekend, Thursday at the bridge and uh, Saturday here at Willie Church, next Sunday morning, both services, it's Giving Life Weekend. Giving Life Weekend. Now, some of you uh, may be new to our church and you don't know what this is, then you need to pick up one of these packets right here. We have the packets out this exit. There's a little table right there and someone to serve you. And of course, the Connect Center is out here in the main foyer. Pick up one of these. There's a DVD in there that explains everything and a magazine and some other information. So make sure if you're new to the church that you pick this up. Picking this up doesn't obligate you to anything. Just go by and pick one up, take it home, watch the DVD, go through the magazine. The Giving Life Fund supports Bread of Life. This is a ministry that helps the needy. And this is a big thing at Christmas time. You all know a lot of people have uh, needs at Christmas time. They're not able to uh, provide for their children and their family the way they would love to. And so we're there as much as we possibly can. As long as the resources are there, we try to help people out. So as you give to this, you'll be giving to that. You'll be giving to helping the needy. You'll also be giving to missions, missions. And... Um, and also you'll be giving to the building fund. So when you give to the Giving Life Fund, you're actually giving to three very important things in our church. Uh, to help the needy and to give to missions, our missionaries afar in foreign lands and our missionaries at home. And you are giving toward our new building. Our new building's coming up out there and uh, won't be too long before they uh, pour the foundation and the concrete slab and uh, those beams will be going up after a while. That's exciting, isn't it, about what God is doing? Oh, let me tell you about this. Um, Joe Parrott and his son Anthony were out here on Saturday or Friday or Saturday. I came by here. They have mounted a camera outside that is on the building site so you can actually go online and watch the progress of the building going up. I thought that was pretty cool right there. That's Star Trek right there, man, I'm telling you. Uh, I know some of y'all are going, what's Star Trek? Some of the young people. But um, um, so you can go online and check that out. I'm not sure it's up yet. I'm not sure, but it should be up pretty soon. So be watching for that, okay? We're in a sermon series. Uh, the title of this sermon series is Your Story. And uh, we are on part three of the series. And by the way, in case anyone hasn't told you, let me tell you that you have a story. God gave it to you and he wants you to tell it. Every person in this building who knows Jesus Christ as their personal savior has a story. And those of you who don't know him yet, those of you who have not yet received him as your personal savior, when you do, and we believe you will, that is the day you can begin to tell your story. Jesus is our example in everything. And he is our example in this sermon series because he was the greatest teacher who ever lived and he constantly used stories to teach the truth. Let's look at Matthew 13, 34, as we have many times in this series, and let's establish that from the scriptures again. Jesus always, how often? Always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such 
parables. Now, here's what we've learned about our story. First of all, we taught you that your story is powerful. Now, we're not talking about just any story. We're not talking about motivational stories. Now, I have no problem with motivational stories, but we're talking about something different. We're talking about the day your life was changed, not just for this time on the earth, but for eternity. That's the story we're talking about. And it is powerful. Some of you think your story isn't powerful. You've heard other people share their story and how powerful it was. And you thought, wow, that's amazing that people have had that happen to them. But I want you to understand that your story is powerful. The next thing we taught you was that you need to craft it. You need to work on it. See, one of the reasons you don't think your story is powerful is because you've never really thought about your story. You've never really thought it through. You've never really sat down and begin to write and think and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. See, it's really important that you get this. Somebody needs your story. Somebody out there needs your story more than they need my sermon. See, your story is going to be the way they come into the kingdom. Your story is going to be what inspires them. Your story is going to be what moves them. Your story is going to be what gets them off dead center and gets them moving toward God. Now later, my sermons may disciple them. My sermons may feed them. But what they need right now is your story. They need your story. They need you to tell it because it's powerful. You need to craft it. You need to work on it. You need to pray over it. You need to turn the TV off, turn the computer off, turn that cell phone off. And the people said, matter of fact, be good. I did turn that cell phone off right now. Okay. I, I know somebody's got jingle bells on there and you're, we're going to hear it during the middle of the service at the worst time. Um, somebody needs the hope your story can give the help, the encouragement, the direction, the healing that your powerful, crafted story can give to them. Now here's, here's, when I talk about crafting it, I'm talking about developing it, defining it, thinking it through, writing it down, making it better. And guys, you can't do that until you begin to pray over your story and ask God. See, you can hear Pastor Farrell stand up here and go, you got a story, it's powerful, it's awesome. But see, God will speak that into your heart and God will begin to show you why your story is powerful. God will begin to reveal to you ways you can share your story. God will begin to show you how to make it better, how to refine it, how to craft it, things to leave out, things to add into your story. And as the Holy Spirit helps you and becomes your partner in this, your story actually becomes something that will not only bless other people when you tell it, but your story will actually bless you. As you begin to consider all God has done for you, I mean, that's what we did this past Thursday. It was a day set aside to remind people to be thankful. Now, we know as Christians, we ought to express thanksgiving every single day. All of us should. But I want to tell you that when you write out your story, when you think about your story, you're going to be filled with thanksgiving because you're going to remember things God has done for you that you had forgotten. See, you're going to begin to pray and say, God... I know you've blessed me in ways I don't even realize you've blessed me. Can you show me that? Can you remind me of that? And he'll begin to remind you. And before you know it, your eyes fill up with tears and you go, you know, I'd forgotten God did that. 
I mean, God's been so good to us, guys. Let's face it. He's been so good to us. Sometimes we don't even notice when he blesses us. Sometimes we don't even notice. He's been so good to us that we really take him for granted sometimes. Sometimes he blesses us and we don't even know it's him. We just think it's how everybody functions and how life functions. You know, good things happen, bad things happen. But I'm telling you, if you'll begin to pray and seek God, he will remind you of something he did for you and he'll go, hey, hey, psst, that was me. God will say to you, that was me. I did that. Here's where you were going and I turned it. Here's what was gonna happen and I turned it for you. Here's the destruction that lay ahead, but I steered you away. And, and all of a sudden, you'll become so full of thanks, and that'll become part of your story. Your story is powerful. Your story needs to be crafted. Let's look at the third thing today, and that is that you should now begin to look and listen for opportunities. It's powerful. You've crafted it. So now, the third thing I want you to do is start looking. Start looking around. Start listening. Because God is going to open doors. God is going to provide ways for you to share your story. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, okay, here it comes. Soul winners class. How many of y'all been to a soul winners class? How many of y'all, uh, wow, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've made this announcement several times in my years. Okay, all right, guys, all right. Monday, Monday night. We're gonna all meet out here at the church and we're gonna, go, we're gonna go visiting the lost people because I don't know about you, but I love it when strangers show up at my house in the evening. <laughs> don't you just love that? <laughs> you know, we didn't really know a better way and we were taught, you know, the Roman road to salvation. There's nothing wrong. How many of you were taught the Roman road to salvation? Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Because some of you are thinking, oh boy, he's going to teach us to be a soul winner and how to share our faith. And this is where he's going to tell me I need to be a good witness. And maybe you start feeling guilty. And maybe you're feeling guilty because you're so uncomfortable doing it. And you think, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable. I should be excited about sharing Jesus with people I don't know in the middle of the night when they weren't expecting me. <laughs> or maybe you begin to feel some shame when you think this is what I'm going to preach on today because you begin to think about your story and you begin to think about sharing it and you think, well, people don't know that about me. And if I tell that about me, then they'll look at me differently. Maybe they'll reject me because they've learned something about me before I knew Jesus and I've always tried to keep that a secret so I'm a little worried about this. Others of you are thinking, I can't talk to people about Jesus and how he relates to my life because I don't want to be one of those obnoxious people. <laughs> can, can I just tell, this is a, just us. We're, it's just us here today. There are some obnoxious Christians in this world. Do y'all know that? Don't point. <laughs> Have y'all met some of these super spiritual? <sighs> yeah, I've told y'all the story about, you know, when I was in Bible college and the guys who got up early in the morning and praise the Lord, good morning. 
hadn't praised the Lord yet. I want oatmeal. <laughs> oh, some of these people who just pretend to be so spiritual, you know, and it's get on your nerves. <laughs> Don't leave me up here by myself. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Be real with me. Be real with me. Don't paint me a picture of a Christian life that's tiptoe through the tulips. Tiny Tim. Who remembers Tiny Tim? Some old people here today. Let's see, who was it that sung, uh, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden? Who was that? Yeah. I don't know what y'all said, but yeah. Um, that's God up there in heaven looking down going, hey man, when I saved you, I never promised you a rose garden. It's not going to be, praise the Lord, every morning it's going to be some mornings. Help me, Lord. Amen. Help me not slap somebody today. <laughs> you know, driving down the road and go, you're number one. You know, don't do that. This is where some of you think I'm going to teach you the four steps to heaven. I want you to share. I want you to go to Walmart, stand in front of the door, and when people come out, just look at them and go, if you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? I mean, that is always so effective, isn't it? Because those people are coming out of Walmart, they're talking to their friend, they see you, they just hang a sharp left. Some of you are thinking, man, pastor, I got to tell you, you can preach on this today and I know you got to preach on it. I know you do, but it's just not me. And I just can't imagine doing that kind of thing, and I'd never be good at that. So, Pastor, I got to tell you, I just am not going to do that. I want you to understand, I'm not asking you to do that. Remember what I said, number three was look and listen. Don't start off talking. I know that's hard for some of you. I'm one of them. One of my spiritual gifts is gab. Don't start off talking. Start off listening. Two ears. One mouth. There's a reason for that. If you listen to people, listen to me, listen to me, hear, hear me. I'm telling you something today that if you'll get this, if I'll get this, if we'll get this, it'll change everything. The people who need Jesus today, many of them are not looking to hear something. They want to share with you what's happening in their life. They need somebody to listen, to genuinely care about what they're going through. I tell you what, when people pick up that you're listening to them and you're, have you ever talked to somebody and while you're talking to them, you can tell by their expression, they're not listening to you. They're thinking of what they're going to say as soon as you'll just shut up. You ever done that? I've probably done that to people. If you listen to people, if you genuinely care about where they are going to spend eternity and you turn your ears up to listen to them, doors are going to open for you to share your story. If you will become a listener and not a talker, you're going to have opportunity to share your story, listen to me, with people who want to hear it. I'm going to tell you guys, 
And, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate evangelism explosion. I appreciate all these men ministries that, that teach you to go out, go to your neighbor's house and all that. And, and God knows I would never try to tell you not to do something that you feel in your heart you should do. You should always do what you believe the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. But I want to tell you, if the Holy Spirit hasn't prompted you with that, and the only reason you would even try to do something like that is because you feel so guilty for not doing it, I'm telling you, what God is asking you to do is listen to people. And if you will listen to people and you will let the Holy Spirit help you send off that aura, that vibe, that message that says, I care about you, not just in this world, but I care about where you're going to spend eternity. The Holy Spirit will open the door for you to share your message, not with somebody who detests that you have showed up at their house when they weren't expecting it, and they'll be so glad when you leave, but you will get the opportunity to share your story with people who want to hear it. That's when you have fruit. I've met people who, you know, and I'm not against it. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I've met people who preach on the street. I've met people who, you know, go door to door and surprise people and ask them if they can come in and talk to them and all of that. And again, I'm not, but I'm just saying God never says in his word, shove the word, push the word, force your way into sharing opportunities, forcing the gospel on people. In my years in the ministry, and I'm 55, and I've been doing this since I was 17, I gotta tell you, forcing the gospel on people who aren't um, set to hear it is not very effective, and it rarely works. To me, this is not the way we're instructed to share. And again, you know, the super spiritual people. You know, you say... A guy sneezes, he's super spiritual, you don't know it. He sneezes, you go, God bless you. He says, no, God bless you, son of Adam, daughter of Eve. <laughs> Whoa, that is too deep, too fast, and way too weird. Here, here's what I'm saying to you. Be real, guys. That's who people wanna talk to. They don't wanna talk to somebody who gives themselves off as being perfect, because you know what, you're not. I know you guys, you're not. I know every one of you. You're, we battle, we battle, we stumble. We fall down, don't we? Now we can act like we don't and pretend we don't, but that's living a lie. We all stumble, we all fall. I mean, just think about what I have to live with Millie. Just think of all the stumbling I see at my house. But she's able to come to a spiritual father and say, help me. And I'm able to help her. I just say, hold my hand here by the recliner and let me pray for you. And I just help her. Not true. I got to tell you something. If y'all knew what Millie did as opposed to what I did, you'd probably pay her. Millie's awesome pastor's wife. She really is. I thank God for her. Um, she told me, make sure I said that. Got that in there. Um, have you ever met somebody who's oversaved? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I want you to watch a little video clip. I found this Christian comedian. His name is Michael Jr. And he's going to talk about some people he's met who were oversaved. Let's watch this clip real quick. Christian friends, where you got some Christian friends who are cool, right? You can hang around with them. 
and you have friends who may not be Christian yet, but then you got Christian friends, right, who are, uh, I'm just going to say this, I'm going to put it out there. You ever know somebody that was oversaved? <laughs> like, you can't even have a regular conversation with them. You just try to be like, man, it's a hot one. It's pretty hot. Huh, I'm thirsty. You thirsty? Thirsty for the Lord. <laughs> well, uh, okay, cool. Hey, I lost my keys. Could you help me find my keys? Seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs> it's like, I just, I just lost my keys. Man, I don't know. You need the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> I didn't drive a kingdom today. I just <laughs> drove a Toyota. And I know as soon as I said oversave, some of y'all already had somebody in mind. <laughs> but if you didn't, they probably had you in mind. <laughs> you might be oversaved and you don't even know it. I'm gonna help you out. This is how you can know if you oversave. If you're at the restaurant and you order a fruit salad, you start to pray over it. But your prayer lasts so long, by the time you eat, is trail mix. <laughs> you oversaved. If your friend buy you a vacuum cleaner and you rebuke it because it's a dirt devil. <laughs> oh, ain't it the truth? Who knows that guy? I know that guy. I know that gal. Don't, don't, don't do that, guys. Don't, don't go too deep, too fast. Or be too weird. Um, in the fast-paced culture we live in, people are looking for, for somebody to listen, not talk. You get the chance to talk, but start with listening. Listen to them express their pain. Listen to them express what they're going to you, going through. You know what most people think? Most people think nobody cares about what I'm going through. Nobody cares what I'm feeling. And when they find somebody who cares, hey, listen now. We wonder sometimes why cults who don't even believe in the deity of Jesus are so much more effective than we are at reaching people in the community. I'll tell you why. It's because they listen to people. They act like they care about people. And caring is not a, it's not a um, tactic. It's not a uh, strategy. Caring isn't a tactic or a strategy. Caring is a fruit of the Spirit that ought to exude from every one of us who know Jesus. So listen with caring ears. Pay attention. Don't force it. Just listen. And when you really listen to people, suddenly opportunities will arise your life will intersect with somebody else's life in a very miraculous way and you'll get to share what God has done for you. Bridges will be built between you and people you never thought you would get the opportunity to share. Some of you are trying to win your husbands, some of you are trying to win your wives, some of you are trying to win your children and you're preaching to them, stop it. Some of you have been trying to win friends, stop preaching. Listen, listen to them. And when you listen to them, look at them. And before you start saying, well, here's what you need to do. Here's what you ought to do. Say, man, thank you for telling me that. Thank you for trusting me enough that you shared that with me. 
And I gotta tell you something, that must have been painful for you. I used to feel that way. I've never gone through anything like you. Don't try to outdo their story, you know. You ever done, you ever seen somebody like that? You, you're telling your, your painful story you went through and they go, oh, let me tell you. You know, that's, don't, don't. See, it's not time for you to talk about how you went through something worse. The only time you would begin to talk about something you went through is maybe in the sense of going, hey man, been there, done that. Maybe they're, maybe they're telling you about some bad sin they committed. Maybe they're telling you that the reason they have never come to Jesus is because of something they've done. And, and, and in your life, maybe there was something like that that you did and God forgave you. That's the time to look at them and go, hey dude, I, I, I did that. I did that to somebody too, man. And I asked Jesus to forgive me and he forgave me. See, then that connects. But, you, but even in sharing something like that, you still stop. You don't keep going. You stop and let them talk some more. And the more they talk, let me tell you what's happening to their heart. The more they talk to you and the more you look them right in the eye and the more you listen, here's what happens to their heart. Their heart was like this. While they're talking, their heart is just opening. It's just opening up like a flower. And if you're a person of prayer and you're a person who follows the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he'll prompt you when to talk. He'll prompt you now. You'll know. And you always ask permission. Go, you know what, man, thank you for sharing that. Do you mind if I share a little bit of my story with you? And they'll go, yeah, I'd love to hear it. And then you tell your story then. And you don't always close the deal every time to use a... a modern sales terminology. You don't, you don't always make the close. Sometimes the Holy Spirit goes, they're just not ready for you to close the deal. Just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. You might even at the end of your story say, listen, I want to tell you, when you are ready, when you are ready to maybe make that decision for Christ, I'm not going to push you today but here's my cell phone number or here's how to get up with me. Man, you give me a call. When you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet with you anytime, anywhere, anyplace, and let's talk about Jesus. People, people connect with that. But if you come across holy, holy, first of all, they know you're not. Amen? Nobody wants anybody preaching to them. I, I got to tell you something, man. It's hard for me to watch the Christian TV channels. And I'm a Christian preacher. It's good to be a Christian if you're going to be a preacher, isn't it? Isn't that helpful? That's so helpful. But I can't listen to some of these guys because they're, they, they don't even preach about, they preach about other churches and other pastors and talk about how they're not telling the truth. And man, my, my, my enemy isn't Ebenezer United Methodist Church. Is it Ebenezer? Yeah, right down there, that one. And my my my. Uh, um, enemy is the Baptist. My enemy is not somebody who doesn't do church like we do. My enemy is the devil. Can I make that clear today? My, my enemy is not another church or another preacher. Some people act like Rick Warren is the devil himself. They spend so much time preaching against Rick Warren. 
And Rick Warren's done more for the kingdom of God and the end of his little finger than they've ever done in their whole life. And all they can do is stand and rip on Rick Warren. Can I preach right there a little bit? And some of y'all might go, well, I've got some things about Rick Warren. Well, when you've done what Rick Warren's done, then you come tell me about Rick Warren. Rick Warren's led thousands, multiplied tens of thousands of people to the cross of Jesus Christ. It's like criticizing Billy Graham. I hear these churches won't talk bad about Billy Graham. I tell you what, when you've done what Billy Graham's done, then come see me. Go karate kid on you. Brave heart. Okay, look at Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Guys, pop that scripture up there. Look what the Bible says and then we're done. The Bible says, live wisely among those who are not believers. Don't live stupidly. Live how? Wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. That's what we're talking about in this sermon series. Go to the next verse. Let your conversation, that word conversation means lifestyle. Not just what you say, how you live. Let your lifestyle be what? No, judgmental. Doesn't that work better when you're judgmental? Let it be what? Full of grace. Full of grace. Let your conversation be gracious. gracious. Let your, that means lifestyle. It doesn't just mean what you say. It means how you live. Look that word up. Do a Greek word study. Uh, let your conversation be gracious and what? Attractive. Can I tell you, I know, I, I know Jesus said the, the world will hate you, but Jesus wasn't talking about the average Joe Blow out there on the, on the street. The average Joe Blow out there on the street and Mary Blow, Joe Blow and Mary Blow, you know, whatever, uh, out there on the street, they're not repulsed by the truth. They're attracted to the truth. They're attracted to Jesus. He says, let it be, let it be gracious and attractive so that you will have the what? Right response for everyone. So you'll be able to say back to them the right thing. I mean, that's just what I just preached. What's my responsibility as a follower of Jesus? Here's my responsibility, to be sensitive to God's spirit, to care genuinely for other people, to look and listen for opportunities to plant the seed of faith, and to trust God to do his work. And that's another thing some of you guys have got to quit worrying about. Here's what a lot of you are worrying about. You, you feel like the results are your responsibility. No, the results are not your responsibility. The planting and the nurture is your responsibility. God will create the fruit. God will make the fruit. Look at this next passage of scripture and I'll show you what I'm talking about. There had been an argument in the church at this setting. Can you imagine an argument in the church? So glad we never have that here. Okay. Yeah, that is funny. Especially the Corinthian church. Bunch of crazy charismatics. First Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. Look what it says. After all, who is Apollos? I'll tell you who Apollos was. He's, he's identified in the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 4. He's an apostle like Paul. Now, obviously, Paul was much more influential than Apollos, but Apollos was still a great man of God, and, and some of them were going, well, I follow Apollos. I like Apollos. I just like the video clips he uses when he's preaching. Somebody else said, well, I follow Paul. And Paul got in there and went, will you please stop it? 
He says, after all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants. That's what I meant a while ago about how the church down the street and up the road, they're not, we're all God's servants working together to win as many people to Christ as we can because, listen to me, he's coming. He's coming. We got to win as many to Christ as we can. We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Paul said, we told you our story and you believed in Jesus because we told you our story. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Quit saying, quit quit causing division and go, well, I like Apollos the best. Well, I like Paul the best. Well, I, I like Pastor Jared. Well, I like Pastor Matt. Well, I like Pastor Farrell. Well, I like Pastor Andy. We're all together. We're all together in this. Look at the next verse. Paul, he tells us, and we've talked about this in this, I planted the seed in your hearts. I planted it. I preached the truth to you. I was the first one to tell you the gospel and you heard the gospel. He said, but then Apollos came behind me and what? Watered it. But it was who? Who gave the fruit? But it was God who made it grow. Stop worrying about the results. Listen, church, just obey. Just obey. God will take care of the fruit. God will take care of the fruit. Verse seven, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. Look how Paul talks here. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Verse eight, the one who plants and the one who waters, they're not against each other. They don't compete with each other. Look what it says. They what? Work together with the what? And both will be rewarded for their hard work. I I love it when Pentecostals want to dog uh, Baptists. Pentecostals want to talk about Baptists. Say, man, it's dry, you know, up there at Baptist church. Man, we get on with it at our church. With Pentecostal. And then when a hurricane hits, I see Baptists out there. I remember this growing up. Can I preach here today? I remember as a kid growing up in Pentecostal church, and we all shouted and yippee-yay-yoed all over the place. But when there was a tragedy in the community, it was the Baptists who were organized and out there. And we were all Pentecostals. We were all peeping through the window going, when are we going to shout again? I'm preaching here. Here's what, here's what I want for Whitley Church. I want rejoicing and celebration and praising God on Sunday. But I want us to be Jesus on Monday. Be Jesus at the soup kitchen and be Jesus wherever. Be Jesus to the military. It's one thing to shout it up and, and, and all dance around and raise our hands and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you what, when you, when you come back down to the ground, I want to know how you walk in Monday. That's good stuff right there. He says, he says, Verse eight, the one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same person and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse nine, verse nine, for we are both God's workers and we are all, you are, he says, you Corinthians, all of us, we're where? Where are we? In God's field. We're working, man. You are God's building. 
See that building back there, that's like a copier. That's like a computer. That building back there, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk through it and go, wow, you know? But do y'all understand that building back there is not the vision? Do you understand that? Have you ever been in a church that the building was the vision? We're gonna build a sanctuary. Yay, let's rally around something. We're all gonna build a building. And then you build the building, and as soon as it's built and everybody kind of gets used to it, we're all back down here again. So the pastor goes, hmm, maybe we need to build a fellowship hall. You remember that? You remember that? How many of y'all remember those days? When, when if something wasn't being built, the church wasn't excited. Listen to me. The vision is out there. There are things happening right now. God is laying some groundwork for some ministry that's gonna be happening in the city of Goldsboro and we're gonna be the foundation for that ministry. I can't even share it with you yet because it would blow your mind. That building is nothing in the world but a place for all of us to gather, yes, and put together as many Christians as we can every weekend so we can have the resources to supply what is needed to get out there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you understand me? I, I, listen, guys, please understand me. I don't want to just be bigger. I don't want to just be fancier. I don't want to just have more money. I don't want to just have more people. Listen, the stronger the home base is, the more resources we have to take the light into the darkness of this world. That's what I'm about. You say, well, I'll tell you, I'm hearing, other, I'm hearing churches say that we're about this and we're about that and we're about that. Well, they don't know what we're about. <clears throat> I'm ready to go lay hands on some of them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, man. I kind of grew up thinking if I did anything for Jesus, it was the world that was going to be against me. I have learned. Can I preach? I have learned in my time in the ministry that when you get outside the box and you go, you know what, man, what churches have been doing for so many years, it's just not working that well anymore. We gotta do some things different. You start doing some things different, church starts growing, people start getting saved. Your criticism doesn't come from the world. I, I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, I deal with more criticism from people. If you knew stuff that was said about this church that we do on a Sunday morning, guy told me one time, I walked into his little place, he said, man, y'all got one, he said, I heard y'all got one of them disco balls hanging up in your sanctuary. <laughs> one of them disco balls. So I just wanted to tear his nerves up before I left. So I looked at him and went, no, but that sounds like a great idea. We had, we had one in a skit we did. So, so people who just want you to fall, they just take something like that and just blow it out of proportion. Let me tell you what we're gonna do. We're not gonna talk about them. We're not gonna talk about them. Don't you do it. Don't you say anything bad about any pastor, any church, any denomination. Don't you talk about them. Let them talk all they want to talk. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set our face like a flint toward the vision God's put in our heart, and we're going to march on and do what God has called us to do. And let it come and let the arrows fly. We're going to do what God called this church to do. Amen, amen. I feel so much better. Okay.
So today, I'm not asking you to make a hit list of 10 potential sinners you're gonna nail this week. Because if you do that, every time they see you coming, they're going to go, How was that? they're going to get away from you. You're not going to ever get the chance to tell your story. But when you're real with people, they, you got a sense of humor, and you can laugh at yourself. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. I mean, I get up every morning and look in the mirror and go, seriously, are you kidding me? <laughs> Gotta be able to laugh at yourself, man. If you can't laugh at yourself, you got a problem. It's probably pride. And I gotta tell you about pride. It's the root of every sin. Think of every sin you can think of. If you boil it down, pride's at the root of every sin. Self-love. Just get real, man. Get real. When you get real, when you listen with a caring heart, people want to hear your story. And you're going to get plenty of opportunities to tell it to people, not who you invaded their home at night when they weren't looking for you, but you're going to get a chance to tell your story to people who want to hear it. Would you just bow your head? Have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you? Because if you have not, you really don't have a story yet. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, chances are you're sitting out there going, yeah, but i got some really good reasons why, you know, there are hypocrites in the church and blah, blah, blah. And if I can get this straightened out in my life, then I'm thinking I'm going to really commit to God. And I've got some major problems, financial. I've got some relationship problems. As soon as I get that stuff straightened out, then I'm going to come to church and really get involved. And I'm going to really follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. It doesn't work that way. Bring him your junk. Bring him your mess. Bring him your pain. You say, but you don't even know what I did last night, preacher. If you knew what I did last night, you'd probably have the ushers take me out of this church. I don't care what you did last night. Jesus loves you. He loves you. The love of Jesus isn't based on what you did or didn't do. He loves you. His love is perfect and it never changes. There is nothing you can do this morning that will make him love you more. There's nothing you did last night that made him love you less. His love for you is always the same. He doesn't always approve of things we do, but it doesn't affect his love for us. His love for us never changes. He loves you. And he wants you to stop running from him. And he wants you to stop offering up stupid excuses and he wants you to come to him today. Right there in the chair where you're sitting, we're not gonna beg you to come to the altar and you know, embarrass you by making you walk up here in front of everybody. Just right there where you are, sitting in that chair right now, just say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I want this to be the best Christmas I've ever had. I want this to be the best Christmas I've ever had. And I know that in order for that to be true, I need the Christ of Christmas in my life. So Lord, I come to you today on this Sunday in Whitley Church and I ask you to forgive my sins. You died on the cross for me. You paid for what I did. I don't have to pay for it. You paid for it on the cross. And they bury you, Lord. 
They thought they were rid of you, but you came back to life in three days. And because you live, because you rose from the dead, I can have life on this earth, abundant life, and for eternity. So Lord Jesus, I'm making a decision today. I'm inviting you into my heart and I apologize to you for running. And I'm sorry that I offered up these excuses and I'm sorry I thought I could do it myself because the more I try to do it myself, the bigger pit I dig for myself. So Jesus, come in my heart, forgive my sins today. I give you my life. I give you my life, Jesus. I don't know how I'm gonna live this thing. I'm gonna need a lot of help. I'm gonna need this church and I'm gonna need you to walk with me every day and I work with people who curse and I work with people who tell dirty jokes and I work with people who want me to drink and want me to party and want me to be unfaithful to my spouse and I'm gonna be tempted and people, but God, I'm not gonna worry about that. I'm giving you my life today and I know when those battles come, you'll be there to give me strength. You can have me. You can have my heart. You can have my life. I give my life to you because I want to tell my story. I've got family and friends who need to hear my story, but if I don't give you my life, I don't have a story. So I'm giving you my life today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're sitting in this building today and you said something like that to God, it doesn't have to be the exact words I said, but Today, you just told God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. And I've accepted the cross. I've accepted the empty tomb. I've accepted Jesus today. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Just slip it right up. Put it right up. I see you. I see you. Everybody look at me. Can we just praise God for those hands that went up today? Awesome. Now build on that, okay? Build on that. Build on that. Wednesday nights are a good night to come out and take some classes that we offer and build on your faith. Be here on Sunday. We offer four services every weekend. We got a church in Goldsboro that meets every Thursday night. There's no need to miss church. There's no need to not grow. If you're a first-time guest, we have a gift for you right over here. If you would like more information about Jesus, God, the Bible, this whole church deal, we've got some information right over here for you. Hey, guys, we love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming. God bless you.